Hello and welcome to the Fisher and Phillips Wage and Hour podcast. This is a podcast that explores questions and ideas associated with employers' desire to pay employees properly. I am Haygood Ty, and I have the pleasure of serving as the co-chair of Fisher and Phillips Wage and Hour Practice Group. I've said this before on other podcasts. One of the nice things about our firm is, is that I get to be good friends with people in other offices as well as my own. And today we have two examples of that. Uh, Sheila Willis works in the same office with me in Columbia, South Carolina. And Sheila, in addition to being an active wage and hour litigator, is also heavily involved in advising employers on pay equity issues, uh, OFCCP issues, as well as general employment problems that come up from day to day. And then we also have Michelle Anderson. And Michelle Anderson actually works in two of our offices, the Tampa office, as well as the New Orleans office. And Michelle is also a very active participant in our wage and hour practice group. And um, she has developed an expertise and niche in helping clients who have multi-state operations. As many of you know, navigating the state and local laws can be challenging, whether you're trying to figure out how to deal with a specific employee issue or trying to develop a new policy or handbook. And Michelle has both of those under control and advises many of our multi-state clients on those issues. Now, today's topic, we're going to be addressing summer work. You know, about this time every year, uh, companies begin to get calls from friends, family members, people like that who are saying, gosh, we need to find an internship for our, uh, our son or daughter. And we were hoping that they might be able to come over to your company and get some experience. And, you know, if you've got any money in your budget, maybe make a little money along the way. Uh, but, you know, the parent is saying, we're not concerned about the money so much. We just want them to get some experience. So today we're going to talk about a few of those issues that come up. Uh, if you want more information on this, I will remind you that Sheila and Michelle did a webinar on this topic recently, and you can always access that on our website and take a look at it. So, um, Michelle, let me ask you this. When we get these calls and people are saying, well, I've got this child who wants to come and get some work and some experience, you know, children, of course, come in different ages. How does age impact what sort of job we can put an employee in? I mean, that's probably a good place to start. Sure. So the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act does set a minimum threshold age for workers at the age of at least 14. Uh, but uh, of course, they are very restricted at the ages of 14 and 15 to the types of work that they can be uh, performing. And so there, there are a laundry list of hazardous occupation that the Secretary of Labor has identified. Uh, that people ages 14 and 15 wouldn't be able to do. And even 16 to 17 year olds, there are some limitations there. So I think about a lot of times a, a, a individual's first summer job might be working in food service. That's a real common place for people to start. Um, but would you know, 14 or 15 year olds be able to be in the back cooking, working with the fryer, the grill, the chopper, the slicer? No, they wouldn't be able to be able to work with any of that commercial um, baking or food prep. Really 16 and 17 year olds would be restricted as well. 
So you wouldn't be able to have them say working back in the kitchen, um, but could you have them handling money, processing orders, taking food or giving food over a counter? Yes, you could be doing that. Of course, with the pandemic, we know that a lot of restaurants have gone to delivery services. And so some might be thinking, well, maybe we can do some delivery. Well, under the Fair Labor Standards Act, um, there are limitations for drivers. Um, really, any no one under the age of 17. And then even if they are 17, um, it has to be incidental to their employment. So there are a lot of rules on the federal side surrounding individuals under the age of 18 performing work, um, whether we're talking about volunteers, interns, or paid employment. Uh, additionally, most states also have corresponding um, minor worker laws, um, which could include mandatory rest breaks or meal periods after so many hours worked. It could also limit the number of hours an individual could work during the day um, when school is or is not in session or just even in general, uh, the times of day um, that they may not be able to permit, say, uh, after nine o'clock at night or before 5 a.m. in the morning. So there are a lot of things that have to be considered and also minor work permits. Uh, that, is, that is typically driven by state law and not federal law. Well, great. So we've got, if we're thinking about bringing in some uh, young employees to work or young individuals to work, then we need to be sure we're complying with both our federal law and our state laws. Uh, and it sounds like there are a good many of those to take into consideration. So Sheila, you know, maybe we want to just try to shortcut some of this and the parent who's called us or called the company and said, why don't you just make them an unpaid intern and then maybe we don't have to worry about all this. Is that an easy answer to this complicated question? Unfortunately, that is not an easy answer, Hagen. You know, the word internship, I think that when we hear that, it's often kind of the shortcut that people think, oh, we can just slap intern on it. We don't have to pay them. And they get this experience. And that's the easy way um, to kind of handle this. But the Fair Labor Standards Act has some very particular guidelines as to when someone can be considered an intern and be unpaid in that internship. And there is a seven-factor test. And for you know, um, our purposes, I would direct you to the webinar for all seven factors, but in general, what they're going to be looking at is some type of connection between the work that is being done and an educational opportunity, usually in the form of some type of credit that the person is going to be getting from the school or some type of credit that might be available to licensing. And so, you know, having someone's son getting coffee as an intern, so they're getting that exposure, and I'm doing air quotes for intern and exposure, is maybe not going to necessarily get you to where you want to be in terms of an actual internship that is going to make the person um, not have to be paid under the Fair Labor Standards Act. So be very, very careful. It is a fact-intensive inquiry. It's something that is going to depend on um, various situations. And so you do wanna make sure you're just kind of looking into that, but it does need to have some type of connection to um, an academic pursuit or some type of licensing pursuit in that regard. Okay, well, great. Well, that that's very helpful. So one of the takeaways I'm hearing from that, Sheila, is just because we call it an internship doesn't mean it can be an unpaid program. We've got to jump through some other hoops and check some boxes either from a licensing or educational standpoint. So that's very helpful and I think maybe a surprise to some people who are listening. 
So what about this? I hear a lot about people that want to go and volunteer for the summer to get some experience. I mean, can an individual volunteer with a private employer? So with a private employer, the answer is no, you can't volunteer for that. And I actually found this a lot um, with my minor employees. Before I was a lawyer, I kind of had my hat as a uh, manager of a fast food restaurant. And oftentimes my minor employees were the ones that always wanted to volunteer to work for me. Oh, Miss Sheila, I can stay extra and help this. Oh, Miss Sheila, I see that there's a rush. Let me help. But in the private sector context, you cannot have anyone volunteer. Now for nonprofits and certain religious organizations, then you can have volunteers, but there's gotta be no expectation of pay. There can't be a displacement of someone, of an actual paid person doing the work. So in limited circumstances, there can be a volunteer, but never in the private sector. Well, great. Well, so as I, as I think through the things we've talked about today, it sounds like the safest thing to do would be to pay anybody that we're hiring, even as an intern, at least the minimum wage for the state where they're located, and of course, overtime if they work overtime, as well as making sure that we are, based on their age, giving them an appropriate job that they should be performing under both federal and state law. Does that sound about right? Yes, and I'll add that even under the federal law, there is the ability to pay what's known as a training wage, which is actually less than the federal minimum wage. Of course, you'd have to check uh, to make sure that your state doesn't have a different law that would still require you to pay the state minimum wage. Uh, but for uh, the Federal uh, Fair Labor Standards Act, um, they actually do permit a training wage uh, up to 90 days of, of employment. So for people who are under the age of 18. And there are also other uh, programs that through the Department of Labor uh, where they can seek uh, permission as part of a training or education program to pay them uh, a percentage less um, than the minimum wage um, because it's connected to a training program. So there are some options out there, uh, but employers just need to make sure that they fully explore those before they make that decision about paying something less than minimum wage. Well, great. Well, Michelle and Sheila, thank you very much for participating and sharing this valuable insight with our listeners today. If anybody has follow-up questions on this, feel free to contact Sheila Willis or Michelle Anderson directly. We also have a lot of information on the Wage and Hour page of the Fisher and Phillips website, and that's fisherandphillips.com. Thank you very much for attending. Have a great day. This podcast provides an overview of a specific developing situation. It is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal advice for any particular fact situation. 